So a judge has given the Chicago Police Department three more years to comply with a 2019 federal consent decree. That's a court-ordered mandate for police reforms. It stems from a lawsuit filed by then-Illinois Attorney General Lisa Madigan after the fatal shooting of 17-year-old Laquan McDonald. Now, what progress has the police department made towards meeting those required reforms, and why did CPD need three more years to meet them? Well, joining us to discuss that and more is Robert Boyk, Executive Director of CPD's Office of Constitutional Policing and Reform. Welcome, Robert. Good morning, Sasha. Thanks for having me. And Sheila Betty is Director of the Community Justice and Civil Rights Clinic at Northwestern Pritzker School of Law. She's been involved in the consent decree litigation. Hi, Professor. Welcome back. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Professor Betty, give us the backstory on the consent decree. Remind us why CPD was ordered to comply with court-supervised changes. Well, after the video of the murder of Laquan McDonald was released to the public, Uh, And there was an investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice into the Chicago Police Department. There was a widespread acknowledgement of what has been known for a very long time uh, in Chicago's black and brown communities, that the Chicago Police Department uh, is racist, violent, lawless, and officers often are not held accountable uh, for their abuses of power. Uh, And as a result of uh, generations of protests, demands for change, a legal strategy, uh, the the political establishment in the city of Chicago uh, agreed to a consent decree that is uh, aimed, that is shaped to transform the Chicago Police Department when it comes to policies and practices related to things like use of force, uh, impartial policing, and also officer accountability. Robert, so picking up where the professor left off, some of those goals include things like better training and more transparency and and the elimination of this code of silence. Can you tell us a status update? Where is CPD in the consent decree process? Well, first of all, um, this is an extensive reform effort. It's one of the largest reform efforts to ever take place in policing around the country. We have the largest consent decree of any other major American city. And I would say that uh, roughly on average, it takes other cities 10 years to exit their consent decree. Now, of the almost dozen cities that have been under consent decree, only three have exited, and that average is about 10 years. The others are still under consent decree. So the five-year timeline was never actually realistic for uh, for CPD. And um, You're absolutely right, Sasha. The consent decree touches on issues such as training. We've gone from zero hours of in-service training uh, to 40 hours of required in-service training every year. That is a a major cultural change. Uh, But that's really what we're after. We're after large-scale cultural change within the Chicago Police Department. And to do it right, it takes time to get it right. Right, but can you give us some more specifics on, on where you are right now in the process? What else has been done? So the monitor is about to release uh, the fifth monitoring report uh, that should happen uh, hopefully within the next week or two. And that'll be the most up-to-date snapshot of where the department is. In the in the fourth period, we were in co- some level of compliance with 52% of the paragraphs, uh, but we expect a substantial increase in the next reporting period. Professor, do you think CPD is making acceptable progress? 
Well, I, I certainly agree that a, a consent decree, of compliance with the consent decree is a long-term project and transforming an entity like the Chicago Police Department is not going to be something that happens overnight. But the reality is that the pace of compliance has been far too slow uh, and that there has been some low-hanging fruit that the department should have achieved by now that, that, that just hasn't been done. Uh, so while nobody expects the department to be have rooted out all of the officers who engage in the kind of racist violence that, that brought on the consent decree, we know that is going to take uh, a, a long time. The, the reality is that, um, that much more should have happened by this point than we've actually seen done. Do you think that CPD is taking the consent decrees seriously? I think that there are people within CPD who are taking the consent decree seriously. I, I am deeply concerned that the consent decree is often used as a political talking point and that the, the political will to actually make the consent decree real and to change the way people, and particularly black and brown Chicagoans, experience policing on the street uh, is, is, is not there. Robert, in 2020, uh, CPD missed 40% of the consent decrees deadlines. Was last year any better? Yes, we, it did increase compliance from the third period to the fourth period. Um, we went from 48% uh, compliance in IMR3, so roughly 154 paragraphs out of the 315 that were assessed up to 266 paragraphs in IMR4. That was the largest increase in compliance that we had seen to date. But I want to emphasize that compliance is really viewed in three stages, the first of which is preliminary, which largely means, not always, but largely means, do we have the policies in place? Secondary compliance is sort of the next level, and that's, are we training on the policies? And then Operational compliances, are we seeing the policies and the training manifest itself in how CPD functions and operates on a day-to-day -day basis? Our focus has been on clearing that first hurdle of preliminary compliance, and then as we do, focusing on those training efforts. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, uh, the substantial increase, largest increase to date from the third period to the fourth period is significant. It shows that we are starting to gain momentum. And again, the uh, shift from IMR4 to the fifth period, I expect to be just as significant. Robert, um, what do you, what do you mean I by IMR? A, a large jump in compliance. Can you clarify, what is IMR? You've said that a few times. Sorry, in, independent monitoring report period. So the independent monitor assesses CPD in six month increments. Uh, the report that uh, captures the period uh, of June to December of 2021 is due out here in the next couple of weeks. So when I say IMR5, I'm referring to that report. And again, I expect the jump in the percentage of compliance to be substantial. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are discussing a judge's decision to give Chicago police three more years to comply with a court-ordered mandate for reforms. Uh, with me are Robert Boyk, who's executive director of CPD's Office of Constitutional Policing and Reform. Also, Sheila Betty, who's director of the Community Justice and Civil Rights Clinic at Northwestern Pritzker School of Law. Uh, Professor Betty, the federal judge on Friday also added search warrants to the list of mandated reforms in the uh, decree. What has CPD's history been when it comes to search warrants? 
Well, the the community based organizations um, that I and and my 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 colleagues represent filed a a motion alleging that that the city of Chicago had violated the consent decree because of the city's a longstanding policy and practices of executing uh, search warrants uh, that were essentially home invasions where police officers were raiding people's homes uh, too frequently, the wrong homes, uh, pointing guns at children, uh, engaging in uh, unlawful uh, and deeply inhumane uses of force. Uh, We also saw this play out uh, perhaps um, most most prevalently with the Anjanette Young situation where you had a, a woman who uh, was in the process of getting dressed. Uh, officers invade her home. Uh, she insists they're in the wrong place. They don't listen to her. Um, that wasn't an isolated incident. Uh, so we've, we've got this history of officers both uh, being not relying on inaccurate information, um, using uh, unnecessary force, right? Pointing a gun is certainly a use of force. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just engaging in ways that are humiliating, that are degrading, and doing it inside people's homes. Uh, so the fact that, and, and you know, our position is, is that many of those, uh, m- many of those behaviors were uh, prohibited by the consent decree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a result of what the court did on Friday, that's now made more explicit. That's now been made more explicit. Robert, how is and um, how will CPD reform what some see as a discriminatory search warrant policies? So I, I also believe that adding search warrants to the consent decree is a really positive step forward. Um, we added search warrants under three impartial policing paragraphs, but what that essentially means is now all of our policies our training, our pre-investigatory practices, our after-action reviews tied to uh, wrongful uh, search warrants are now all under the purview of the independent monitoring team. That's important because we want to get reform right, and uh, this is going to take uh, time to get it right, but I think putting search warrants under the purview of the independent monitor and, and Judge Dow, I think, is a really positive step in the right direction. We have already undergone significant change with respect to our search warrant policy, and uh, now that policy is, is going to have to be reviewed by the monitor, but I think we're, we've already started moving in the direction of reform. Uh, we put several checks and balances on the pre-investigatory phase, if you will, added that after-action review. Um, I think our, our policy that we released roughly a year ago, which had uh, the benefit of community input, was a real positive step in the right direction. But again, I think mm-hmm. it'll only be strengthened by the uh, monitor and judicial oversight. So do you think that the consent decree has changed the way policing is happening here in Chicago? I think it certainly will. And I think uh, we definitely have some circumstances where the way we function today is dramatically different from the way we functioned even a couple years ago. The best example of that is really around use of force, where our policies have undergone significant revision uh, with some input from Ms. Betty and her colleagues. Uh, And in addition to that, um, we see those policies playing out in the field. We train on use of force every single year. We do after-action reviews of every uh, non-deadly use of force incident, and those reviews are then fed back into our training curriculum and our policy development. Uh, 
so that we really now start to have a continuous cycle of improvement. And that's really what the consent decree is all about, uh, so that we are identifying issues on our own and then improving to become better and really to become uh, what we hope is the most professional police department in the country. Professor Betty, we've talked about the fact that this includes some some massive changes. Um, The consent decree has hundreds of requirements. But what is it that you are looking for as evidence that CPD is really embracing reform and, and not just complying with paperwork? Yeah, you, you raise an excellent point, is that there there is a way that consent decrees can uh, be essentially paper tigers, where you, where entities can comply with the letter and, and not the spirit of the, of the document. Um, and one of the things that really makes the Chicago's consent decree unique is that there is a role for the communities that are most affected by police violence uh, to have actual voice and meaningful input in the development and the implementation of policy and procedures. And I think that if the department is serious about engaging communities that have been most affected by police violence, respecting their expertise, incorporating their expertise into the development of policy, we then will begin to see the transformational potential of this consent decree become real. But so long as the department continues to to ignore the input of Chicago's communities, um, it's likely that the consent decree will be filled with empty promises. That is Sheila Betty, director of the Community Justice and Civil Rights Clinic at Northwestern Pritzker School of Law, and Robert Boyk, executive director of the Chicago Police Department's Office of Constitutional Policing and Reform. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.